2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Everyone without health insurance is guaranteed to get it, and everyone who likes theirs can go ahead and keep it.
3: We do not believe that billionaires have the right to buy elections.
0: So that was a little bit from Michael Bloomberg's TV ad that hit the waves over the weekend, biggest ad buy in the history of ad buys. Bernie Sanders is among Democrats who don't like the idea of billionaires jumping into the race. I don't want to talk that much about Michael Bloomberg. I think that, one, new candidates with no shot get way too much attention, and particularly if they're from New York. But uh, a different way of going about running for the presidency I find interesting, and I'm happy to be talking with Mark Halperin this morning, the author of How to Beat Trump, America's Top Political Strategist Take on on What It Will Take. And we did a long-form podcast on this a couple of weeks ago which is still available out there. Fantastic conversation as he talked to a whole bunch of strategists, both sides of the aisle on Trump and how good he is or isn't at running for president and what it would take to beat him. Anyway, Mark Halpern joins us now. Mark, welcome to the Armstrong and Getty show.
3: Jack, great to be back. Thank you.
0: Hey, the only, and again, I, I, I just am not that interested in Michael Bloomberg. I think he's got no shot. (laughs) I think he gets way too much attention because he was a New Yorker and most media is in New York, but Is there a chance that a guy can jump in this late, bypass Iowa and New Hampshire? Is the old model of running for president, the old primary system, soon to be an anachronism? That's my question.
3: Yeah, Jack, look, I agree with you. I think he's got next to no chance. And I also, although I'm a resident of Gotham City, I agree that there's way too much focus on New Yorkers uh, disproportionately. I will say this. I think the greatest impact he can have on this race is he can make Elizabeth Warren the nominee. Because he's going to spend a lot of money, uh, and he's going to have to take down Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg if he's going to have any chance. And he's going to spend an unprecedented amount of money. So I, don't, I agree with you. He, probably, he almost certainly won't be the nominee. I don't even think he'll be a player because I don't think you can skip the first four states. But I do think by dividing the moderate vote, he's going to make it more likely that Elizabeth Warren becomes a nominee.
0: Every four years, we get emails, we get calls from people saying, why does Iowa play such a role in choosing our candidates? Why does it and why does it still?
3: Yeah, look, I've talked to so many Californians about this They say, you know, it's not a diverse state. It's not a large state. It's biggest city, Des Moines. Uh, You know, I don't know how many many cities in California are bigger than Des Moines, but plenty of them are. The reason why is which is legit is they spend time meeting candidates. Uh, You know, in California, as you know, politicians spend most of their time making TV ads and raising money. In Iowa and New Hampshire, above all the other states, the citizenry takes their responsibility seriously, and it puts it on a human scale. It makes it so you have to look real people in the eye, real Americans, and say, "Here's what you want to do." It's not fair; they're disproportionately influential, but there's a trade-off here because we let Iowans and, and people from New Hampshire, granted Staters, do the kind of culling of the process that that I think is important. I wish they were more diverse states. I wish they were more representative of the country, but unfortunately, that's the system that we have. It's not perfect, but I do think it's better than just having the big states decide through TV ads.
0: We're talking to Mark Halpern. He's got the book, How to Beat Trump, and I'll tell you, it's the best political book out there, I think, mostly because it's not designed on one side or the other to just uh, appeal to a certain crowd. It's just a really interesting book about what's going on with politics right now, Um so on Iowa again, I've always liked the idea of the small states. It's just it's a focus group. It's getting together as big a focus group as you can manage and actually uh, you know meet the the voters and that sort of thing. The diversity is a problem. Is the fact that Pete Buttigieg has got zero percent of the black vote in South Carolina anything he needs to worry about or can turn around?
3: Well, he certainly needs to worry about it uh, because he's not going to be the Democratic nominee or the president of the United States if he doesn't get get more acquainted with African American voters. The reality is he's done well fundraising. He's done well getting national press, but he's focused most of his attention on those first two states. And 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 look, uh, people are focused on his lack of appeal right now to African-American voters. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren aren't doing much better. Joe Biden is really dominating there, although he's doing poorly in Iowa and New Hampshire. So I think if Pete Buttigieg finishes high, first, second, maybe even third in Iowa and New Hampshire, I think South Carolina voters, uh, I think voters uh, – out uh, in the first Western primary uh, caucuses, rather, we'll we'll look at him, and I think he can do better than he's doing now with with uh, non-white voters, and he has to do better, and he knows that. But he's struggled so far mightily to to, to break through, in part because he's not uh, he's not he's not known by those people, and and despite his fundraising, it's very difficult to get known by people in those states right now.
0: That debate last week made no news, didn't get very big ratings. Of course you got impeachment going on, that's part of it, but nothing happened during the debate either. How come the other candidates didn't take on Buttigieg and think here we got to bring this guy down?
3: Well, I think although although they've been phrased in some quarters, I didn't think the questions were very good. I thought that, that 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 they didn't they didn't lay the groundwork to let the candidates have a robust debate. Number 1, number 2, I think that people have studied history, and in crowded nomination fights, candidate A attacks candidate B. It may hurt candidate B, but historically, it does not help candidate A. When you attack somebody, you basically you, you blow yourself up while you're blowing somebody else up, and that lets some other candidate C or D benefit. So it's, it's difficult to say how you're going to leapfrog over someone if you don't go negative on them or you don't highlight the contrast between you but right now even though we're we're you know a couple months away from the voting these candidates are still cautious they don't want to hurt themselves through negative attacks and there's no doubt the mood amongst democratic voters every, every, almost anybody i talk to will say we want to win and what they don't want is is a nominee who's so roughed up that all donald trump has to do is is repeat the lines that were used to attack the person who becomes the eventual nominee so that's part of it as well they really are committed to winning, and know and they know that if they go after the other people in, the, in this field, they run the risk of being blamed, as some blame Bernie Sanders from four years ago, for really roughing up the eventual nominee.
0: Can can Elizabeth Warren get away with completely changing her position on Medicare for All and walking it back that far?
3: You mean on what she's done already, or if she becomes the nominee?
0: If she Well, either way. Are the other candidates going mean, to let her get away with it during the race, and if she becomes the nominee, yeah. won't the original... Quotes just being ads all over the country.
3: Yeah, I think her current position is, is kind of ridiculous to say, I'm for, I'm for single pay health care, but I'm going to pass it in my third year in office. Again, if you look at history, there's no precedent for that. So I think she's still you know, going to be tagged by people who think taking private health insurance away from 180 million people is a bad idea. And she's going to get less credit from people who want single payer who say, come on, Bernie Sanders says he'll do this in his first year. Why, why will you only do it in your third year? So I don't think her position is substantively is realistic. I don't think it's politically smart as for whether she could go back more towards the center. If she, if she became the nominee, I think it's impossible. I don't, I think the days of people being able to kind of change their positions in a general election with YouTube and Twitter and, and uh, Instagram and everything else. I just think, I just think it's impossible. I think she, I think she also believes in single payer and she's going to be running on it if she's the nominee. And there are people around the president Trump who say, if the democratic nominee is for single payer, our chances of winning this thing go up astronomically.
0: I would agree with that. Um, The politics of impeachment right now, where are you on that?
3: Nancy Pelosi was right. Donald Trump is not going to be convicted by the Senate and it is probably going to help him politically right now. I think you get every vote in the house from the Republicans he might even get some Democrats to vote to, uh, not to forward the articles of impeachment to the Senate. And there's no indication that a single Republican senator on the current evidence would impeach him. Now, one thing that think, I think is not discussed enough is what are going to be in the articles of impeachment? Will it be restricted to things that the president's accused of related to Ukraine? Or might they bring back the Mueller report? Might they bring up the fact that he's not released his tax returns? There's, there's all sorts of things that some Democrats are tempted to put in there. I believe whatever they put in there, you know, what he did with Ukraine is outrageous. And there are plenty of Republicans in Congress who think it's outrageous and some who will say so. But they are not going to slit their own political wrists by impeaching the president and then convicting him uh, on, on the current evidence. So Nancy Pelosi resisted this for such a long time. Because she knew that this would probably drive the party further to the left, polarize the two parties even more, and let Donald Trump take a victory lap at the end of the thing, saying, once again, he is, he is exonerated. It won't, it won't be true, but it will be politically true. Allow him to say it. So I think I, think this, it, I see why the Democrats on principle wanted to do it but I think Nancy Pelosi's original instincts were correct. Yeah, I'll bet she's, she's kicking herself.
0: It. We've all had those moments yeah. in life where we, we our instincts are telling us something, and then somehow we go the other direction. And then we think, we knew yeah. it. Well, I was I knew it. My instincts told me this, yeah. and I ignored my instincts. I'll bet that's what well, she's screaming she, in her office.
3: Yeah. I think when she pulled the trigger on it, she knew that it was still a mistake. But the problem was, the pressure within the Democratic Party, particularly in the congressional wing of the Democratic Party, was overwhelming. And she would have started to lose control of the party had she not gone, gone forward with it. And I think she's tried to work with Adam Schiff, another California member, to, to, to make this as, as dignified as possible, to make it as as serious as possible. But, you know, the, the people, people in the press are so pro-impeachment for the most part that they, 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 they kind of play down – the ways this has been a failure the ratings have been horrible i mean they're not as high as they were for the kavanaugh hearings the american people are rightly or wrongly they're below the cohen hearings they're not, and i mean that was yeah. a
0: nothing compared to impeaching yeah. a president
3: right. yeah people are not engaged in this even democrats a lot of democrats aren't engaged in it they should be it's important it's historic but they're not engaged in it and so Nancy Pelosi said publicly, and she believed it in her heart, you cannot impeach a president in a partisan manner. That's not the right way to do it. This is right now lining up to be a completely partisan vote. And as I said, her biggest fear was this would make the president more formidable for reelection than he already was. And I think she was right.
0: How big a deal is it that that Bernie and Elizabeth won't be on the campaign trail if the Senate's doing their trial at the same time?
3: It's a pretty big deal because, you know, as we said earlier in the, our conversation, Iowans and people in New Hampshire expect the candidates to look at them face-to-face. Now, it'll be somewhat of an excused absence. People, people will sure. know why they're not there. But it's going to allow Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg uh, to campaign. You know, mayor, Pete Buttigieg is mayor of South Bend. His term is actually up in early January. So although he's not spent much time in South Bend, he'll be completely free to campaign. And I think that those senators are going to be are going to be at a disadvantage, not only because they won't be able to be on the, in those states. They won't be able to be in the Super Tuesday states like California. They won't be able to spend much time fundraising. They'll be locked down. It will have an, it will have an impact on the race, but they're, they're going to have to rely on their staff and their surrogates and, and maybe TV appearances back into those states to try to take advantage of that platform. But remember, senators don't speak during the impeachment hearing. So they're going to spend most of their days just sitting there in silence, and that's unlikely to win them a single vote in Iowa.
0: The book is How to Beat Trump by Mark Halperin, and it's the best political book out there right now on the uh, the current state of politics. It's not pro-Trump. It's not anti-Trump. It's just really interesting analysis of what's going on. Mark Halperin, thanks for your time.
3: Thanks for agreeing with my mom that it's the best book.
0: <laughs> you betcha. I really do think it is the best political book out there right now on uh, the state of politics, partially because he talked to strategists on the right and the left and just quotes what they say, and they all think Trump is most likely going to win and as he was just saying, I think impeachment's going to help him win, which is damned interesting and we're hopefully going to be talking to Mark on a a semi-regular basis throughout the election. I always really like his analysis I thought it was interesting that he thought the questions were bad for the debate, I've seen that burble up a couple of places now and people making some really interesting points on that